You're listening to the Greatest Multifamily Investment Advice Show. My name is Adam Ross, and now I'm talking everything multifamily for an in-depth conversation, and I will be diving deep into raising capital, deals, and underwriting process. Welcome back to the Greatest Multifamily Advice Show. Today we have Ali Ajami, real estate investor, CPA accountant with a focus on cross-border uh, structure between US and Canada. How are you, Ali? I'm doing great. Doing great, Adam. Thank you. Thank you so much for being with us today and I appreciate you taking the time. Today, I would like to start with um, uh, your your beginning on real estate investing. What was the beginning yes. for you? The beginning of real estate was back in 2000, I would say six. Uh, hmm. Me personally, it was right before the 2008 recession. I uh, purchased my first single family home uh, around my neighborhood. You know, I was young in the game, made um, made a few mistakes. I was under the impression, you know, let me pick up a property, I'll rent it out for about six months and then, you know, flip it and make a big, uh, big profit. Things didn't work out, but they ended up working out because I had a great tenant, mm. kept that tenant in, recession hit, took, you know, took a little beating, um, but I continued to rent that house for another 10 years. When I finally did sell it and I sold it to the actual uh, tenant, hmm. made a nice, nice profit. Um, and during that recession, picked up some more properties, built my portfolio um, and just have been going since there, you know, picked up properties in the De- uh, Metro Detroit area. Uh, there's a big misconception about Detroit, beautiful homes, uh, to be honest with you. Um, you'll get Section 8 tenants, government funded guaranteed rent. Um, I, I, I personally think the key to a successful um, rental or building your portfolio is going to be your property manager. You find a good property mm-hmm. manager, somebody that's going to oversee especially for uh, non-resident um, investors that obviously they don't live here. So they're going to need somebody to take care of their property while they're back home. Um, and that's key because I've seen property managers uh, make or break investments. I think the problem was uh, Detroit uh, lately back to the recession for uh, like uh, uh, like uh, period is that many people left and uh, like you can see that a lot of single family home was was uh, abandoned. But and I think the multifamily business was different there. Yeah, it, it, that definitely, definitely was different there yes yeah yeah okay so uh, back to the main subject here is uh, how canadians can invest in us uh, and always uh, the question is how to avoid double taxation um, yes. how to have um, the guarantee to have a, a, an actual um, a legal structure can reserve the right between the two uh, the two sides the, on the U.S. side and um, and the Canadian side, and always I think on on the syndication part, is the most uh, f- uh, popular solution is the GPLP. But the question is how I can avoid uh, double taxation between uh, the IRS and uh, CPS, um, CRA. Right. So number one, you avoid an LLC. A limited liability company is not recognized as a flow-through entity on the CRA side. So that's your first route of avoiding double taxation. 
Um, so that's definitely a no-no. You're kind of limited as a Canadian due to both sides of the borders, laws, and avoiding ta- taxation of what kind of structure you actually want to put yourself in. Yeah. Um, everybody's situation is different. That's why we have these consultations. We break down what the actual investor would like to do. So mm-hmm. we either suggest a limited partnership where the actual investor is the limited partner in their personal name. And then you we open up a general part. Well, I'm sorry. We open up a US C Corp to take on the general partner role at the smallest percentage, mm-hmm. either 1% or either less than 1% owned and managed by the limited partner. So at the end of the day, the limited partner does have 100% of the ownership. Hmm. But why do you need a limited partner and a general partner and a limited partnership? Because the general partner is in place to take on the liability of the actual partnership. The limited partner is your sole uh, investor slash funder and the owner. Hmm. So depending on the tax or financial situation over on the Canadian side, we either suggest you do it in your limited and you do it in your personal name, or you open up a Canadian corporation Hmm. to take on the limited partnership role and the sole, you know, uh, ownership in that limited partnership. So what this does, this, this, this avoids if you're in your Canadian corporation and you're already in a higher tax bracket on the Canadian side, it avoids any of that income that's going to be made on the U.S. side to come over to the Canadian side and potentially push you into another tax bracket. Although whatever the taxes you pay here in the United States, you get a tax credit on the Canadian side. Okay, so I think I need to focus on this part. So for Canadian, if they want to invest in U.S. if they are LPs, they have two solutions: as to use their name or to open first a Canadian. LP corporation. Uh, co- corporation and then use this corporation to invest on again LP side LP corporation on or C Corp on on US side. Yes, LP part LP, which is a limited partnership, or uh, a US C Corp. Okay. US C Corporation. But basically this US C Corporation is owned by the Canadian Corporation. That's correct. If you're going to be the limited partner or sole owner in the Canadian corporation. Yes. Okay. Uh, what about the general partner? Is the Canadian general partner want to invest as an active sponsor on US when he's investing with other American investors as an active? So in this situation, if you have active US partner and active Canadian partner, how is a Canadian right. partner can work with a US partner? So they would open up their own structure and invest in that separate structure for that investment Hmm. that's going to be. So like, let's just say you go ahead, you want to invest in a syndication um, in Florida with a bunch of other investors. You open up your own corporation slash structure. We'll figure out which one best suits you and for your tax situation. So you put yourself in that through this structure to shield you personally. We, we don't, you know, we, we don't like to suggest you go investing in that syndication in your personal name. Yeah. Cause uh, a lot of, you know, potential <clears throat> litigate uh, liability issues can arise from that. 
Okay, so uh, my next question is about uh, as actual structure is usually the people like to um, suggest that you can uh, register your corporation under Wyoming or uh, Delaware or I think Delaware and Wyoming and Delaware also... and Wyoming are the fir- are the two most commonly yeah. talked about. Yes. Yeah. So uh, this is more about the LLC. It's more uh, also applicable on the LP side because you're gonna have open and GPLP. It's gonna be the same. Well, it depends. So what you could do is, you know, for additional, te- you know, liability and uh, additional liability and um, you know, lack of disclosure to who the actual owner is, hmm. you could go on a holding company in Delaware or Wyoming as a corp to own that actual limited partnership it's situational basis you know it's it's thrown out there you know like what you know the whole wyoming you know no state no state taxes uh, that's why a lot of people like to go in there but one thing people need to understand the states with no state taxes are applicable only to if you are generating income in that state Hmm. so let's just say you have a structure let's just say you have a property in ohio but it's owned by a a corporation in wyoming you're still going to pay ohio taxes Hmm. because ohio is still subject to uh, paying taxes where your holding company isn't but no income's going into that holding company for you to be subject to tax for um so you know, it, it suggested only if you want to do X, you just want to have extra protection um, or, you know, you want one of those states to hold your assets and hold your other structures. But do you to have open to up. do you have to open also a corporation under Ohio in this case? Or is it just going to be uh, the, the structure is going to be open only on Delaware, for example? So if you open up a structure in Delaware and then you want to go have pro- own property in Ohio, you're going to have to register to, so for something called a certificate to operate in Ohio. Yeah, yeah. Because what happens if this Delaware or Wyoming, you know, entity goes into Ohio, what, what does happen, you'll probably get away with purchasing the property. But when you go to sell the property, title company is going to look up the name. They're like, oh, there's no company. You'll be like, yeah, there is, but it's in Wyoming. It's in Delaware. Tell you, oh, you know, you're not legally doing business in the state of Ohio. You need to register before we can even sell your property. But you don't have to pay a yearly fees for Ohio State, correct? If you don't open a structure in Ohio, yes, oh. you don't have to. Okay. I think another thing about the GPLP and it's really uh, good for Canadian is as the tax benefits of uh, the depreciations. Uh, if you can, like a yeah. little bit, um, like elaborate on this. Uh, it's just a, it's an actual advantage to Canadians to invest on syndication, especially. Yes. So your question is the advantages of depreciation because you guys, uh, I know Canadians don't have depreciation. Yeah. Yeah. So depreciation is, you know, the asset is depreciated over 27 and a half years, the actual building. Yeah. Um, the land, it depends on, you know, what the county has the land listed at. Sometimes it'd be 10, 15, 20% is not depreciable. But where it benefits the actual investor is, I mean, I'm just throwing a number out there. Let's say you have a four, you're invested into a $400,000 house. 
on a yearly basis, you'll have an additional, on top of all your expenses, you'll have an additional, uh, let's say, 2000 2100 in additional expenses. Hmm. So where, let's say you're making 10000 in income, then there's another 8000 in expenses where you think you're going to be paying taxes on $2,000 ends up becoming zero because of depreciation. Okay. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Which I is think, very nice. Yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> uh, I got another question, to be honest, from of one of my students about um, the actual taxes, uh, different taxes between states uh, when you purchase the actual uh, property. In Texas and Florida, uh, it's popular that once you buy the, the property, is almost as a new taxes is doubled. Whereas in Phoenix, for example, there's an actual uh -huh. limit uh, of uh, increasement of the actual new taxes on the property. So can you just a little bit elaborate on this, the difference of dealing with taxes, property tax, once you buy the new property? Yeah, well... I'm not too well equipped with state by state yeah. in the property tax, but I'll give you an example in Michigan, especially, you know, yeah. where I'm from, when you purchase a new property, they reassess your property taxes based off what was purchased. Correct. You know, majority of the time it's always going to go up. Yeah. So um, I'm not, like I said, I'm not too familiar with how it works in Texas or in, you know, the Phoenix, Arizona, Arizona, yeah. um, yeah, area, but the way, the way it typically works, you purchase a new property, whatever the purchase price is, your taxes are going up. Um, you purchase it for lower than it was worth, property taxes, for the first year, they won't go down, but after you're, grand, you know, you're pretty much grandfathered in, that's when they'll start decreasing. Oh, okay. 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 Uh, yeah. I, I think we, we focused here on the, one of the most famous structure, which is GPLP, when um, Canadian want to invest on syndication on, on US, um, my question is how, uh, what is going to be your action as an investor when your active and, and invest active sponsor doesn't offer this uh, flexible uh, structure like an LLC? Like um, one of the com a lot of the companies on, on US only offering LLC structure. So if you're a Canadian as a passive, can you invest with them? You can invest with them you're, because what's going to happen, that LLC, that LLC majority, it's going to end up being classified as a partnership okay. because they're going to, they're going to distribute our, or, you know, their funds on a yearly basis, you know, profit wise, or even losses to each one of their investors. Okay. What you do as a Canadian investor, you have your own structure. You're not owning the LLC. You're investing in the LLC. Okay. So as long as you have the proper structure in place, or sometimes, you know, some, some potential investor just invest in their own name, um, you know, which obviously, like I said earlier in our, in our conversation that we don't like suggesting, but you're not going to be double taxed because you're investing in this and collecting funds from this. You'll be double taxed when it's owned by you. Like okay. Adam, you own the LLC. That's when you're going to run into issues. Okay. Not when you're investing into an actual LLC syndication. Oh, okay. Because whatever the proceeds are, they're going to be shot back to the 10, 15, 
potential, you know, syndicators, you know, investors in the syndication. Okay. So uh, far from the GPLP uh, structure in U.S., what other structure usually uh, Canadian is uh, like uh, usually invest in U.S. other than so? So another 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 structure would be having a Canadian corporation own a U.S. corp. You okay. just keep it in the corp. And a lot of the times that happens when investors are just leaving their money here in the U.S. You have your corp rate at 21%. So every year you just pay the 21%. Your proceeds stay in the U.S. corp because they just want to keep reinvesting. Um, why it's not um, common or why a lot majority of investors don't go into the corp to corp because not only do you have the 21% distribution, I'm sorry, uh, corporate rate, there's a distribution rate. Mm. So when you take the money out, if it's in your personal, if this Canadian investor, or this investor is investing in their personal name in the US corp, they take money out, they're hit with an additional 15%. But why we suggest if you are going to do it, do it in your Canadian Corp, you only get taxed at an additional 5% up mm-hmm. to 400000 in dividends. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, it's, so in it's total, really, it's going to be 26%. 26%, which is, you know, not that whatever, it's not that bad. I mean, but we, we suggest this when like you're going with, you know, you have investors with dozens of properties in this single US Corp and they're just holding them, holding the funds in there. And I think this approach more when the actual investor 100% own their um, properties or investment, not within in, in partnership with others, correct? Absolutely. Yeah. Partnership with others, you're always going to go with the LP. Oh, okay. <coughs> LP okay. So recently on the last three, four years, what was uh, like uh, the changes on the legislation about uh, foreigners for uh, investing in US? I mean, there... There's been additional filings, um, additional recordings, even though they are informational. Uh, majority of them have been informational. Um, <clears throat> you know, obviously you have the tax treaty between the U.S. and Canada that has a lot of favorable uh, situations for Canadians uh, to come in here and invest their money. Um, but the majority of the changing uh, the, the changes have been reporting situations. Hmm. You need there's proper certain forms that need to be recorded on top of what you are already filing to the United to the uh, IRS. Okay. Okay. So regarding the IRS, you mentioned that uh, the main goal for Canadian is to avoid double taxation. So usually you start with filing as uh, the alien application to first of all, open an actual corporation, and then you file your IRS taxes, and then you file CRA. So uh, my understanding is this is mean that you're not going to pay any taxes on you in the Canadian side. You're just going to file your taxes or pay your taxes on the U.S. side. Depending on what type of structure you're in. Yes. If uh, you're doing it in your, if you're doing it in your personal name, like I said, let's say you purchase a, you purchase a property or two the first year or two, and you're not going to show any property. You know, first yeah. year you have all your startups. With, with depreciation then it carries forward to year two year two could be a profit but then at the end of the day on the books it's shown as a loss because the carryover yeah. losses yeah. when you get to the year three if it's in your personal what ends up happening 
let's throw out a number, you make $2,000 in profit. You pay taxes here in the US, you go back to Canada, you file your personal tax return, you get that as a credit, but then you have to record the additional 2000 that you did make. 100%. You know, yeah. a lot, you know, there are, there are investors that like keeping it in their personal name and don't mind it because it just builds their credibility and gives them more buying power mm. because it shows, you know, like I make 150 on the Canadian side and an extra 20,000. So on the U.S. side. So now, you know, I'm going to have a higher, you know, income at 170 than I would if I didn't have my investments in my personal name. If you had it in your corp, it's away from your personal. It's only showing 150. So like I said, it's a situational basis of what type of structure, how you're going to invest, what name, so on and so forth. That's why, you know, we, we like to have consultations to try to fit each potential investor in the proper structure. And then we have them go back to their Canadian accountant, make sure everything looks good on that side of things. And uh, we both, we collaborate and we go from there. 100%. Uh, um, I got another question from uh, one of uh, my friends is about how you can avoid paying taxes on the dividend when you're investing on, uh, especially on LLC on in US. Uh, basically, usually you, you got a, a preferred return, 8 to 10% per year. Uh, uh, what is a, a, a perfect structure to avoid paying taxes on this dividend? You what? What you could do is you could pay a management fee. <clears throat> you could pay a management fee to your uh, corporation in Canada. Okay. So it eliminates the profit here in the United States because it's going over to the Canadian side as a management fee. Oh, okay. 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 I'm yeah. Perfect. That that that's what that's one of the most commonly used uh, you know uh, utilities in some of these structures. Hundred uh, percent. Uh, I would like to go back to your investment strategy. Where do you invest right now? Uh, are you focused on multifamily or you're focused on single-family home in Detroit? Right now, right now, personally, I'm I'm just in uh, single families. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, single families. I haven't I haven't found a good multifamily yet. That's something I'm looking into. I'm actually also looking into a storage unit. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, storage. storage units. Yeah, they're 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 becoming a, a big thing. So we're looking actually for to build one, build one out. I have a few investors uh, with me. We're building out, building out the plans now. Um, that that's something I would suggest as well. That's you know, the storage you think, is different. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely different. But uh back to the single multifamily i would love to get into multifamily i just can't get a get a hand on one <laughs> that's that's really what it is okay I, okay yeah i think my final question will be how people can follow your success follow my well there's gonna be a there's gonna be a lot of error i'll tell you that but uh my my w- word of advice like i said and i be, i, I began with began with stating this it's very important especially that you're not going to be here to have the proper team in place to oversee your actual property 100 management man property manager you know get yourself 
you know, monitoring your actual property on a monthly basis, remember, you can deduct these expenses. You come here to the U.S., you go from state to state, they're all deductible because you're going to be making some money. You're going to need some deductions. These are deductible items that you can take advantage of. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I think, I mean, you could find you could go on, look at a property and like it, purchase it. You need a property manager or somebody to do your tenant screening and then moving forward, be there to take calls from your tenants, make sure they're not destroying your home, um, guaranteeing your rent and, you know, money will start rolling in. You'll pick up another property and keep going from there. Thanks also for your time today. And we're really happy to bring you again to the show. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Thank you, Ali.